This is Wessler Media. This is Mark. Mark, this is Vince. How are you? Good, sir. Our visible, the visible part of entertainer is sort of like, a, a, like the, just the surface. There's all that preparation that goes on beforehand. And, you know, since, has it happened since then? Yeah, a few times. But that first time, you know, you're like 20-something and, and, and you know, gee, I think I'm, I guess I, what I'm doing is kind of a big deal. Cool. <laughs> the Ohio State Fair and Wessler Media are proud to present A Fair to Remember. Discovering the stories and people behind this statewide tradition. This is Season 1, Episode 8. After the show, she was, like, stunned. She goes, you're simply nerveless. I did a trip to my mother, and she said do it again. So I did it again. And she says, do it again. And I did it again. And at the end of it, she says, how in the bleep did you do that? <laughs> and when you're, when you're like eight years old and your mother gets that, you get that reaction out of your out of a parent, you go, Hmm, I'm onto something here. <laughs> That's the voice of Mark Sparks. At that time, he was about 14 years old. Well, 41 years later, Mark is still involved in the entertainment industry. And he says he's currently retired from performing, but no entertainer is really retired because they're always entertaining in some way, whether it's on stage or through a story. Employed by the booking agency Triangle Talent, Mark is the VP of specialty acts with the company. In other words, Mark helps in booking acts that perform on the Main Street stage, gazebo, and various other areas at the fair. His mom's reaction was a jolt in the entertainment and magic direction. But Mark's career choice was confirmed once again in his later teens. When I was in high school, my friends were all working at regular gigs you have when you're in high school, you know, uh, you know short order cooks at, at uh, fast food and things like that. And, the, you know, so I was doing, I was working in some of the same spots my friends were, but they were back in the kitchen and I was out front. And I worked three hours and made more money than they did all, the, all night. I went to college to appease my uh, family. And after four semesters, they agreed with me that probably, you know, since I hadn't gotten past freshman, <laughs> it was time, time to make a career move. Even as a young teen, Mark knew what he wanted to do. He wanted to entertain. He wanted to be in front of a crowd to make people laugh, to get them to wonder. The confines of a classroom must have felt like suffocation to his vibrant mind. For whatever reason, Mark continues to pursue this passion that's placed within him. That confirmation feeling of, yes, this is what I want to do, was confirmed once again when he was 24 years old as he arrived at the Tulsa State Fair in Oklahoma in 87. That was the first big fair I was ever hired to perform at. And I'll never forget the thrill driving into town to do to arrive at the gig the first day. And there's a billboard with my picture on it. Wow. You know, that's... That was that was something. I mean, I just I just never forget that. Um, and you know, since, has it happened since then? Yeah, a few times. But that first time, you know, you're like twenty something, and 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 you know, gee, I think I'm, I guess like what I'm doing is kind of a big deal. Cool. Uh, Scout camp. 
<laughs> he learned how to do it there. One of the most iconic tricks for many fair circuit entertainers is fire eating. You know someone is determined to be successful in a career field when they're willing to put flames in their mouth. After a friend returned from his Boy Scouts trip, Mark unofficially earned this fire eating badge from this friend. You know, just the basic, you know, just how to put a torch in your mouth and not, not uh, explode. And uh, taught me and actually taught a bunch of, uh, of our friends how to do it. And everybody tried it once or twice, but, oh, no, not me. Uh, <laughs> once or twice? No, just get started. So that was a feature of my show for a long time. That was the, that was the ending of my, the closing of my, of my stand-up show was the fire eating. More with entertainer Mark Sparks and what he says is the number one rule of fire eating. That's next on Affair to Remember. <laughs> You're kidding me. Yeah, no, it's true. True story. And um, yeah, I think she was more mad at Dad for not telling what they saw, you know, than uh, anything else. So if you like Ohio's Fair, you just might like Ohio's music. My name is Vince. Of course, I'm hosting this podcast here. But I also have another podcast called In the Record Store, where we interview local musicians from all around Ohio, get to know their story, and uh, play their music. I'll tell you what, there is so much great talent. There's so many great musicians, people that are slogging it day in and day out to create music right here in Ohio. Some of them even performing at the fair year after year. So get to know your state, or maybe you're traveling through and you're out of state and listen to this. Well, check out In The Record Store on Instagram, on Facebook, Twitter, wherever. More importantly, go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out In The Record Store on there because that is where you can hear my original show, where we talk to local musicians and get to know their stories. In the record store on Apple Podcasts, it's your tune in, a.k.a. all major podcasting platforms. In this two-part episode, we'll be getting to know a handful of people who entertain at the fair. In one sense, you could say they have fun for a living, but that fun is also work, and sometimes that work can come back to burn you. Here's entertainer Mark Sparks. I had, a, I had a bad accident uh, in 83. I was performing on the street in Kansas City and uh, doing a thing called a volcano where you take a mouthful of fuel and blow it through the torch. And when that happened, some of it had dripped down onto my shirt, unbeknownst to me, and that caught my shirt on fire. And I ended up, I got, I had to, you know, stop, drop, and roll, right, kids? So I hit the, hit the ground and rolled and I rolled into a chocolate shake. So I had secondary burns on my face and my chest. Couldn't work outdoors, so I got a job at a magic shop there in Kansas City. When I finally was somewhat presentable, I still had some, you know, I didn't have to have plastic surgery or anything, but I still had some, some raw skin. You know, it wasn't too bad, but it's kind of pink, you know. And the very first day I was working at the magic shop, this lady walks up to me and she says, Oh, what happened to you? So I told her, I just said I had a fire eating accident. And she, she calls out, you know, her son, calls her son over to the counter I was standing behind. And she says, tell him about this. And I said, okay, well, here's what happened. He goes, oh, I know. Dad and I were down there. We saw the show. <laughs> the number one rule of fire eating is don't inhale. Because you only do that once. Of course, don't try that at home, kids. But you may recall that Mark says he's retired from performing. But when asked if he would return to the profession, he didn't flat out say no. 
His stage today is a desk, and Mark, in short, helps book acts for the High State Fair. And as a booking agent, your product is people. So that is a, uh, a unique situation because if I was selling canned vegetables, you know, the, I'd refer it back to the, to the factory or the, to the marketing director or sales director, but uh, the product doesn't complain. <laughs> you know, but when, you're, when your job is selling, selling the services of others to people, you, you get feedback from, uh, from the product. And, uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a unique business that way. The visible part of the entertainer is sort of like, uh, like the, just the surface. There's all that preparation that goes on beforehand. So let's do just that. Let's go beyond the surface in our next conversation with a group of entertainers who predate the fair by over 100 years. Our circus roots go date back to 1840. We're recognized by the Swiss government as the original first circus of Switzerland. That's the voice of Michelangelo Knock. He's the president and CEO of a traveling daredevil stunt show called the Nerveless Knox. In 1954, when my father performed for Queen Elizabeth in England, after the show, she was like stunned. She goes, you're simply nerveless. Hey, that's our name, the Nerveless Knox. So, you know, it's it's uh, generations, nine generations of family entertainment that never goes out of style. But this family has circus history that goes back into the 1700s. When you think about passing something on to the next generation, the nerveless knock to get it, because they've been doing it for roughly 300 years. In 1954, they headlined The Greatest Show on Earth, put on by, of course, the Ringling Brothers. That same year, as you may have heard a moment ago, they perhaps had their toughest crowd, the Queen of England. They've worked the New York World's Fair, Disney, SeaWorld, and Universal Studios. The NFL and countless amounts of fairs and circuses across the country. From Switzerland... The nerveless knocks, and let's have a tremendous hand, won't you? However, February 9th, 1964, that performance they did on the Ed Sullivan Show, they were slightly overshadowed by a new boy band. The Beatles! When you think about it, the stunts they perform are, yeah, entertainment, but in a way, they're also acting out or preserving family history, too. One of their most famous stunts are the sway poles. So they stand 80 feet in the air. They, they go from a pole, like a flagpole, from the ground up, and uh, they're steel. And that, that's the unique thing about our sway poles. Before my dad came to America, you would have these radio towers that were, you know, 50 feet. And then you'd have like 100 guy wires, then like a 15-foot pole. But my dad invented this thing called the sway pole, you know, from the ground up. There's no guy wires. You climb up there like a raccoon or a monkey sway around, do handstands, and then two members of the Nerveless Knox will exchange places in midair. When my dad first came to America, the sway poles were made out of Swiss fir trees. So they were really dangerous. Uh, but, you know, Ringling Brothers could support your act. They had a train car that was just specially adapted from town to town. They would, they would soak the uh, poles in sugar water but they would still get dry and crack. Uh, and then when they swayed, you know, in the tent, the big tent, uh, you would hear the cracking. And then when my dad slide down, he would always get splinters. So that the when you go to our website and you see the Ed Sullivan show with the Beatles, you'll see the first time in history that the Nerveless Knox used steel sway poles. While he obviously grew up around the circus and entertainment industry, 
Michelangelo didn't officially start performing with his family until the early 1980s. He recalls an early memory at a Wisconsin stunt show. Summer of 81, uh, the sway poles, 80 feet in the air, at, in Lake Delton at the Tommy Bartlett water ski show. I performed there for the first time, three shows a day, 1, 4.30, and 8.30. So 1 o'clock, 4.30 were great. Then came the 8.30 show where it was dark, you know, 10,000 seat arena in a canyon right next to a lake. So at night, you couldn't see the audience, you couldn't see anything. And then you had these spotlights, these super troopers blinding you. So I was like, oh man, this was a little scary for me. But I, since I practiced so much with my mom and dad, I kind of knew my rigging. And that's so important. Coming up, a preview of our next episode. That's next on A Fair to Remember. So you've probably heard about OhioMeansJobs.com, and you might be looking for a job. It's a great resource for you. They've got stuff for veterans on there. They also have an app as well, and of course, the website, which is mobile-friendly, easy to navigate, and easy to find a new job or new gig for you. But what's also great is that it is for employers, too. So maybe you own a company. Maybe you want to find some qualified people. Maybe you are even looking to uh, hire some veterans for some work because they served our country. Let's give them a little thanks back and give them a job so they can support their family and their future dreams. So look for it online now, ohiomeansjobs.com. And also, too, while I'm even thinking about it, I want to make sure I mention Apprentice Ohio. And if you're looking for a great apprentice, an apprenticeship, or or maybe you want to find a way to uh, build a highly skilled, motivated workforce, well, Apprentice Ohio, they got it going on for you. So check it out online. It's ohiomeansjobs.com, ohiomeansjobs.com. So on the next episode, we'll continue to go beyond the surface of the nerveless knocks. So I just remember doing the act, and we're going over the Liberty Bowl. I'm sitting on a helicopter trapeze. What is that on the Jumbotron? What did he just do? Plus, the fascinating journey of a man who calls the gazebo at the Ohio State Fair's home for 12 days. I used to juggle a chainsaw as part of my show. And one day, I dropped the chainsaw, and it hopped off the front of the stage. This is our first night in this dinner theater. We walk, we toss the clubs back, we turn around, we walk forward to the center, and we walk forward pretty far. And when they throw the clubs at us, they miss us. That's part two, and that's next on A Fair to Remember. A Fair to Remember is presented by the Ohio State Fair and produced by Wessler Media. Shout out to executive producer and PR manager for the fair, Alicia Schultz. She's given me the great honor and duty to help tell these stories. A special thanks to Triangle Talent, Mark Sparks, Michelangelo Nock, and Tanya Allen for her fact-checking in Episode 6. Our opening theme is the beautiful Ohio Waltz, as performed by the 1994 All-Ohio State Fair Band. These episodes, expertly mastered by Joey Gerwin at Orange Judo Recording Studios, And finally, thank you to anyone who's done anything at all to help make this podcast a reality. This has been A Fair to Remember. I'm your host, Vince Tornero, and I'll see you on the Midway. (laughs) That's wild. Is there, yeah, any, is there is there any, uh, I think last couple questions here, is there any particular celebrity that you've met that you're like, my gosh, that that was just, just awesome? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, people that I that I like, I mean, I mean, people that um, I've seen backstage or met backstage, like I I, I, I spoke about Tom Jones. You know, there, there's these, or or Donnie Osmond. Look at this guy. He started out the same time as you know Michael Jackson. We we all did fairs together, and when you meet him today, Donnie Osmond is just as down to earth. You know, great guy. That's cool. So I, I guess you look at people's longevity and and look at this guy, man. He's a legend, and you you can meet him. He's still around. He's a normal guy. So I guess if that answers your question, Donny Osmond, he's cool. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit WesslerMedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's WesslerMedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.